Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, presented by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres unfortunately fell to the Colorado Avalanche 6-4 to four on Thursday night as everybody was getting ready to watch the Bills lay a beat down on the New England Patriots. The Sabres unfortunately ended up losing to one of the NHL's best and the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Colorado was driven by the strong play of Nathan McKinnon, who... Oh my God, seeing him in person is is truly a sight to behold. Same goes for Cal McCarr. I was at the game. Uh, Colorado went three for six, 50% on the power play. McKinnon has five, and this is according to NHL.com, coming out of this game, he has five five-point NHL games, tying Michael Goulet what? and Marion Stastny for the fifth most in Avalanche history. Pretty wild. The Stastny stuff. brother? Peter, Peter Stastny Stastny's is brother? first with 12 as a matter of fact, but five, five point games for Nathan McKinnon. That was being his fifth. He was absolutely phenomenal. And again, seeing him in Kel McCarr, I think the thing that really stood out is the skating for both of them. It is unbelievable. It it is an art form to see how both McKinnon uses his burst in his edges and McCarr really uses his edges. Like McKinnon's burst is just on another level when he just switches into high gear and he he can outskate pretty much anybody in the league it seems like Makar the way that he is just so shifty with the puck on his stick and he utilizes his edges in the ways that he's able to do that to make up for him being a smaller guy and just in winning battles 
truly unlike any other NHL player I've seen. Like I, I can go on and on about the things that make like Connor McDavid unbelievable and what make him, you know, one in a million too. But watching Makar and McKinnon really gave me that in person, gave me that exact same feeling. And it was just a, a masterclass by those two. It was fantastic. I mean, McKinnon obviously with five points in that game, but with that being said though, the Sabres, on the other hand, were able to really keep up with the avalanche, which is pretty a, a pretty impressive feat in and of itself. I think you and I both are kind of past the moral victory phase of the rebuild right now. You know, this year, yeah. I think there's a little bit less slack than there was last year. Next year is, you know, obviously full steam ahead. There's We, we got to be winning here. But this, was, I thought, though, was a good showing by them. I'm not coming away from it saying, you know, it was a moral victory or it's something to to keep your head up about. But at the same time, though, like I was pretty impressed with the way that the Sabres were able to go pound for pound with the best team in the NHL, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. And we're going to get to this in a little bit, but just that the offense of the Sabres just continues to just really show out night after night. So Taylor, just quickly, any thoughts you'd like to share from the avalanche game before we kind of talk about the offense as a, as a bigger picture. Yeah. The avalanche are good. That's well my take. Said. No, as I was going to say, you were talking about Makar. I think what is really impressive about him. And I think we've mentioned this before his move where he's like stationary kind of near the blue line with the puck in a stick. He just starts moving sideways. Yeah. Like super quick and seamlessly. And What's crazy about that is you mentioned his edge work and his skating in those little situations like that is you have to be able to be so good at that and move so quick, but also not focus on it. You have to do that like as a secondary thing because you're also focused on the pucks on your stick. But you're also going to focus on that because what he's doing is he's looking for an angle. He's looking, am I going to go forward? Which way should I go? Or should I pass? Or should I shoot at the same time? So it's, I, I think he's the kind of guy that makes you appreciate how incredible professional athletes are to, at what they do. And it's it's insane because that's the best. I could never skate like that. We both played hockey for a long time. There's not a chance in hell that I could ever skate half as good as he does. Or like, let's just say that specific move. I could never just like go from stationary to moving sideways super quick like that. Uh, but even if I did, that's what I'd be focused on. Right. I couldn't do it with a puck on my stick, much less like keeping my eyes. It's like it's honestly like being a quarterback. Like you have to do all this crazy yeah. stuff in the pocket, but you your focus has to be downfield where right. the ball's going. Yeah, I think really too, crazy. I was just gonna say too. I think as we're talking about McKinnon and McCarr, and and one of the big differentiators is that McKinnon is just like a freight train barreling down the ice, and he's got that like twitchiness to him too, especially when he has the puck on the stick, where he can just in an instant, you know, have the puck on his forehand and you blink and he makes a move around you to his backhand and slips around a defender because of just how quick on a dime he can just move. Makar, it's smooth as butter, baby. That dude, <laughs> the way that he is able to just win puck battles solely on talent, he could go up against the best power forward in the league and he'll still be able to come away with the puck battle. I mean, we saw last year, even in the playoffs, it's a smoothness, but it's also a calmness to him too, where He's just so poised no matter what the situation is. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it was unbelievable to see in person. When they come to town next year, everybody, if you have not seen Colorado play in person and have not seen McKinnon or McCarr play, please, just as like a fan of the sport, get tickets and go because it is, it's beautiful to watch. Like it was so entertaining. 
I, like my eyes were just glued to them the entire time that they're on the ice because they just make themselves so known and apparent out there and they're involved in every facet of every play like it's it's insane they don't take shifts off either absolutely of those yeah so I know we're going to talk about offense next so let me lead us into that with a fun stat for a brief minute on Thursday night the Bills and the Sabres were both the highest scoring teams in their respective leagues uh, that lasted like an hour because Dallas passed the Sabres and they're sixth right now. We're recording this before tonight's game against the Sharks. So we don't actually know how that turned out. The Sabres could be first tonight. Probably not because the Stars are also playing today. Uh, so there's a good chance though, if I was betting that the Sabres walk into Monday as either the second or tied for the second highest scoring team in the NHL. Uh, so th- that's Say good. That again. That's, Say that again. <laughs> the, the second or tied for second highest scoring team in the league. That's, that's insane. I was not expecting that. Uh, and if you want to, I'm not sure if you're going to get into this. If you look, take a little quick look at some of the underlying numbers. Yep. They're getting a little lucky, but their offense is generating chances uh, at a rate it hasn't in a while. And I don't, I don't think we're happy with the power play, the way it looks. It looks bad, but they're kind of doing okay production wise in the power play, mostly because of talent and and Tage has just been such a monster at even strength. I mean, a lot of guys have been, which I'm sure you'll talk about, uh, that even though they're probably getting a little lucky, maybe they'll fall back a little bit to like the 7 to 10 range. But holy shit, I don't think they've been in the top half of the league since 2011 or maybe even before that. It's crazy. So let's go into some of those stats here that we were talking about. So I was going through hockey reference this morning, came across a handful of stats from the key contributors really, you know, throughout the season, but especially over this past stretch of games here. And the guys who are really leading the Sabres to being in the position that they are right now among the NHL's best when it comes to team scoring. That being said, let's go through here. So some of the lighter ones we have JJ Paterka, five points in his last six games, Jack Quinn, really interesting one. We have seen him come alive these past handful of games taking the step that we really were hoping that we were going to see him take. I would even say a little bit later in the season, but he's really come into his own. He has 10 points in his last 11 games. His all situations, Corsi four percentage is 59.6%, which is really, really good by comparison to some recent high end young forwards in their rookie year. Lucas Raymond was at 54.6%. Trevor Zegras was at 56.2%. And Cole Caulfield was at 52 or 54.2%. Okay. Obviously Quinn is all higher than those guys. Some guys who are just a smidge higher than Jack Quinn. Kirill Kaprizov in his rookie year was at 60.8%. And Jason Robertson was at 60.2%. Quinn right now, again, is at 59.6%. So there's a lot of season left. So it's of course going to be interesting to see where he ends up, but the early signs are extremely extremely positive when it comes to Jack Quinn. And we talk about analytics a a decent amount on the show, but we like to make sure that it's like palatable for everybody and everyone knows what we're talking about. And so as a reminder for those who are wondering what Corsi four percentage is essentially 50% is the threshold. That means of like where your team is controlling the puck with a guy on the ice as compared to not. So if you're above 50%, that means that your team has the puck more than the opposing team does. I believe between 45 and 55 is where most guys fall in. So the fact that Quinn is at 59% and is right on the doorstep of two of the best wingers in the NHL when it comes to this important metric not to say that Quinn's going to turn into uh, Robertson or Kaprizov, but it's a really, really nice comparable to have there when it comes to how well he's playing on the ice and how he, himself and his line is able to drive possession and play, you know, in the offensive zone. So moving off of that, 
Let's talk about their other line mate, you know, for that great second line, the kid line, Dylan Cousins. All coming into this year, throughout last year, the the big thing with him that we were really concerned about was his finishing ability. You know, the underlying numbers and some of those comparables were really showing up and they were there. And it was just a matter of, okay, this guy just has to put it together now. He needs to develop a finishing touch. And boy, oh boy, has he developed said finishing touch. We all saw that amazing goal, that nice one-timer that he had scored against Colorado. In his last 11 games, Dylan Cousins has 13 points. He has looked great all year, and I think we could all say that this past stretch that he's been on, it's safe to say that Dylan Cousins has arrived, and it's really, really exciting to see the player that he's turning into before our eyes right now. So let's talk about, before we get to the top line, which has just been outstanding let's talk about Rasmus Dahlin he has 17 points in his last 15 games and through 23 games he is already five goals shy of his career high unbelievable on top of that his underlings look great as well he's making an impact in all three phases of the game and his offense has completely come alive and has jumped off the page here this season to the top line we all know that these guys every time they step out on the ice are dominating and they are continuing to look as unbelievable as they did last year. I think when it comes to specifically Tage Thompson, you and I had talked over the, the summer about the fact that it felt like there was more depth among this forward group than we probably have seen at any point throughout the drought. They have a lot of pieces there, you know, and I know that the bottom six right now is a bit of a mess, but I think that more so just comes down to some coaching adjustments that can be made. But the one thing that we were saying that this team was missing was that one real high end piece. Cousins, Quinn and Paterka is a fine second line, and I think it will continue to be a fine second line. But when it comes to winning a Stanley Cup, you have to have the pieces in place that really put your team over the top. And I think what will put this team over the top is if they can continue to get the production out of a guy like Paterka, for example, but on the third line. Same goes for potentially Cousins as well. So it just depends on who that piece is. But I still think they're missing that one real legitimate like high-end forward piece in the top six that's going to put them over the top. With that being said, though, we were talking about that as though they didn't have that piece at all this year. And... <clears throat> Tage has just taken a step this year that, again, I don't even think calling it a a continuation of last year is doing it justice. He is a freak and is (laughs) taking over games single-handedly. In his last 17 games, Tage Thompson has 29 points. 29 in 17 games. Jeff Skinner, his last 17 games, 22 points. Alex Tuck, 15 points. He's the slouch of the group. 15 points in his last 17. Oh, my God. That's only Uh, like a 75-point pace. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so, again, I do think that you need one – I guess the word I should be looking – that I'm looking for here is another true impact piece among the forward group. I do think you need that still. Whether that comes from an off-season trade – or whether that comes from them getting some lottery luck and sneaking into the top three and getting one of the the top three to five forwards that are available in this upcoming draft. The fact of the matter is, though, Taylor, the offense has arrived for this team. And I don't think that it is too far-fetched to say that if Adams had addressed the two key needs that you and I had identified in the offseason that so many other people, so many fans, so many other analysts – writers, what have you, 
put out there in the offseason that this team would be a lot closer to taking that 2023-2024 step and that they could conceivably could be competing for a playoff spot right now. And that is getting a partner for Owen Power and addressing goaltending to the point where you weren't in a 1A, 1B situation with Comrie and Anderson. You were in a 1A, 1B situation where Comrie is your 1B. If he had done that, this is a playoff team I think we're looking at right now. And I think that all of the evidence suggests that as well. So give me your thoughts on some of the numbers I just threw at you and your thoughts on that premise. Like, do you think if the Sabres actually had, let's call it Matt Murray, as we, we've talked about, let's say that deal works out. Let's call it Matt Murray. And let's say the Sabres end up making a move for a guy like Matt Dumba or Severson somebody along those lines. Is this a playoff team right now? It's at least pretty close. Um, I'm looking now at some uh, the stat goal state above expected, which is what we've talked about here before, which is uh, basically the easiest way to think about it is how many shots you face, where those shots come from. Uh, any shot basically has an ex- like, let's say you a uh, really good shot in the slot. That's like a 60% chance that's a goal. That would be 0.6 expected goals or a really low percentage shot on the blue line might be like 0.05 expected goals. And then you add that up. And then what you expect the average, the league average goalie to save, that's a stat. Very easy, simple to understand. I think adds a lot of context to like save percentage and all that. Well, anyway, the reason I tell you that is because I can tell you right now, 75 goalies have started a game in the NHL this year. Eric Connery is 61st in goal saved above expected. He's in the negative. Uka Pekalukinen is 53rd. And Anderson's actually been okay. He's at 26th, although he hasn't been as sharp of late. But here's the annoying thing. Matt Murray, who's played more than uh, – he's played uh, eight games this year. He's 20th. And another guy we don't really talk about a lot here anymore, Linus Olmark is fifth. So those are – that's kind of both annoying. Those are both opportunities to have a better goalie than they have this year. Uh, but I guess what I'm getting at here is the goaltending, yeah, it's keeping them from being in the playoff hunt because r- right now they're not at all. They look like they could finish – bottom five to seven again, unfortunately, because the goaltending's just been so bad. It's it's some of the worst in the league. It's I think Columbus is probably getting the worst goaltending in the NHL right now, but God, it's getting close with the Sabres. And we, we've had all these games recently where the offense has looked so good. And this is something we talked about last year at this time, but it's not even really comparable because the offense has looked so much better recently and more consistent than it ever did last year or any, any time uh, recently at all it's so it's, it's incredibly frustrating and to your point yeah they they could be in the playoff hunt right now they could be in theoretically quote-unquote in a playoff spot but I think if this, this keeps going the way it's going right now it'll be we're going to get to January 1st and the playoffs aren't even going to be a consideration less than halfway through the season whereas I think if you had average goaltending just totally league average goaltending Matt Murray is a little bit better than league average right now but let's say you got him he was average you would be looking at Oh, I don't know. Like you get in March, you get to the trade deadline and it, it's the playoffs would still be a possibility if the offense keeps this up. I mean, look at some of these recent games. They they scored three on the Hurricanes and lost. They scored three on the Lightning and lost. They scored four on the Golden Knights. They scored four on the Canucks and lost. They scored uh well they did score thirteen in back to back games against the Canadians and Blues, which was nice. But yeah, then after that they scored five against the Lightning the next time they played them. And then 
obviously they scored uh, four the other night against the Avalanche. They're scoring four or five goals a night over the course of like a month. I left a couple games out there like where they didn't score a lot, but yeah, their average is close to four in the last month. That's really good. I know scoring's going up, but like I mentioned, it got them to all the way to number one in the league briefly, and they're top five right now. Well, right now they're top six, but unless they get shut out tonight, they're going to be top five. This is a team that can score, and they're not doing – they're not basically bleeding chances on the other end either. Dalene's been pretty good. Power's been pretty good. They, their Samuelson. defensive depth hasn't been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuelson. When he's been healthy, he's been really good. Their defensive depth hasn't been great. There's, I, mean, I haven't been thrilled with like Pilot, Fitzgerald, Yoki Haru, a couple of these guys. And Lupchushkin hasn't looked as good since he, uh, well, his. Who knows? I, I think he might be out of the lineup again tonight. But he's a uh, his his initial injury. He hasn't looked as good since then. But they're getting like okay goal prevention from their skaters. That includes the forwards as well. Yeah. And the goaltending is just a nightmare, and we did know it. I mean, and to Kevin Adams' credit, he tried to address it with Murray. But, man, Comrie was such a risk, and I acknowledge that Anderson um, is pretty good this year so far. I don't know how much I have faith in that keeping up, considering he's 42 years old. Right. And I know he's a good locker room guy, and I know that matters. But you only have room for two goalies, and I think this offseason is huge because you're going to – well, I, we all think they're going to sign Levi, which is great. Uh, who knows if Levi is going to be AHL next year? I mean, probably at least starts there. You have Comrie under contract. There's no way you bring back Anderson in his age 43 season. And UPL looks like not someone worth investing in. So now it's like, you need to do this again. We're back on the goalie carousel. You need to get a goalie. Well, and just to put this into context, should San Jose beat the Sabres tonight, they would overtake them in the league standings and the Sabres would have the fifth worst points percentage in the NHL. They would be a bottom five team right now while being a top six scoring team. That's it's very frustrating. Should it's also be said that Sabres are getting a little bit unlucky because they're uh they have the goal their goal differential is plus one right now. You'd expect them to be right about five hundred. They've lost close games, they've won big. Yeah, very annoying. Uh I think there's a few things there. One is luck, like losing these close games. The other thing is well, two other things. They've been kind of money scoring empty net goals, which is nice. And they've been bad at parking the bus. Yes, they have. Yes, not they good. Have. I mean, they blow Can multiple I... leads. All but... right. Let me throw something else at you here. Let's talk about, I mean, and obviously, of course, this is a surface level stat and there's a lot of things that contribute to this, but for goals for, okay, the Sabres through 24 games have 90 goals for, you want to hear some teams who they rank above in goals for this season? Yeah. Toronto, who is fourth in the NHL in points. Two more games played than the Sabres, too. Seattle, who is fifth in the league in points. Carolina, who's sixth in the league in points. They only have 74 in 25 games. Okay, keeping going here. New York Islanders, they have 79 (laughs) goals scored in one more game than the Sabres. The Sabres are ahead of Pittsburgh by a goal. Winnipeg is 12th in the league in points right now. They only have 69 goals scored. The Sabres have more goals scored than two offensive powerhouses in Edmonton and Florida. You want to hear the kicker? They have played two more games than Colorado, but they have 15 more goals scored this year than the Colorado Avalanche do. Wow. Come on. Jesus. That's wild. Well, um, before we get to any other annoying stats, let's hear a <laughs> word from our sponsors. Hockey oh. fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 
uh, any pre, uh, $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $100, $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details responsible gambling resources all right and then our other uh, more recent sponsor is thin man brewery uh folks if you like beer you know what you're gonna like thin man especially if you're located in buffalo they have two very uh conveniently located locations (laughs) conveniently located locations that's funny uh anyway there's one on elmwood avenue and one on chandler street they uh, they have a couple exciting things going on. If you if you follow them on Instagram, if you don't, you should. But you might have seen that they're doing a collab release and tap takeover Friday the sixteenth. So that's not this Friday; it's the the next one after that. Uh, with Dream State Brewing, if you've heard of them, they're a big one down in Florida, Miami, I believe. So yeah, so they announced that recently that they uh, they're going to be uh, a tap takeover. So that's something. Unless you want to take a very expensive plane ride to Miami, it's not easy to get Dream Stand up here. So something to check out. And then uh, they also announced, uh, rec- or sorry, more announcements coming from them. But they also recently released uh, an old favorite from 2019. Uh, sometimes science is more art than science beer. So if you uh, if you're into that, that's something you can get now as well. It's uh, fruited sour ale with mango, vanilla, lime, and lactose. Uh, Brendan, have you been to Thin Man at all recently? I was there at the Elmwood location. I'm trying to think of what I got. I, I definitely, you know what? I might have actually, oh, you know what? I tried the Minky Sunrise. That's a new one, a newer one from them too. A newer take Ooh, on yeah. the Minky Boodle. Yeah, yeah, it went down pretty smooth. Definitely a good one to try out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you heard or if anyone out there heard. I assume it's big news. My team, not my team, a team that I'm on for trivia one trivia last Tuesday. Get out. So that's yeah. After watching Team USA, so I had a, a few libations, you could say. Wow. Went to Thin so Man nice. for a trivia. Yeah, and yeah, maybe that's the trick. Maybe I need to drink for like four or five hours before Perfect. <laughs> going to trivia. You yeah, should do that before we win. host our trivia there. Um, hmm, past because I got to be an actual <laughs> like host and stuff, not a not a trivia player. But I recommend. When we do our host, our trivia date TBD, uh, you guys all drink four or five hours before at Thin Man. Show up early, get, you know, nice and boozed up, and then you'll be way better at trivia. Sage advice, Taylor. That was beautiful. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, anyway, so San Jose tonight, uh, when you're listening to this, that'll be over. It's our first time playing uh, Mike Greer's San Jose Sharks. Yes. I yes. wonder if he'll be in town. That would be nice. Yeah, maybe he will. That's a good question, actually. I would yeah, I, because I feel like if you show him on the jumbotron, he'll get a positive reception for sure. Oh my god, yeah, he was pretty beloved while he was here. I feel like nobody really had any problems with him. No, yeah, he was great. Yeah, great he was guy. awesome. All right, can yeah. I throw can I throw something at you? Uh, a graphic that I had seen recently. Yeah, um, go ahead. So I want to just say, for one, with the caveat of. 
Uh, it, it's a it's a comparison graphic between Jason Robertson and Connor McDavid, and obviously they came into league at very different times. McDavid was 18, and Robertson I think came in when he was maybe like 21. So, yeah. understanding that little you know to preface this, but somebody put together it's all culture hockey was who was on the graphic here through 152 games played. Okay, for both of these guys, McDavid had 56 goals through his first 152 games. Jason Robertson has 80 goals in his first 152 <laughs> games. Wow. Assists, McDavid has him 117 in his first 152 to Robertson's 84. But total points through their first 152 games, McDavid has the lead at 173. Robertson has 164 points. Wow. That's insane the Sabres should have (laughs) as should everybody have tried to pry him from Dallas before they were able to resign him this offseason because I tweeted about this I think he's gonna get uh I think he's gonna get 60 goals yeah he's what is he at 22 and 24 games right now yep yeah unbelievable man what a talent he is I think he actually has like 60 in his last 82 games or something like that that's absurd. He's so good. Oh my god! All right, Taylor, yeah. do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off for the day? Um, recommendation: the menu. Thumbs up. The menu. Okay, very cool. I like it. Hey, did you go see Knives Out during like the week that it had run last week? No, I I couldn't I couldn't get out for it unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So no, I feel, just... yeah I couldn't either. Sadly. Yeah. See it in the twenty third. Yep. When it comes out on Netflix. Damn right. Damn right. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites and streaming platform. Whatever one you're on right now, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And make sure you're following them on social media. Make sure you're following us on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Straight Up Sabres is where you can find us. Last but not least, make sure you are checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast, both the hockey, or excuse me, both DraftKings and using that promo code THPN, as well as hitting up Thin Man Brewery, whether it's for dinner or a nice night out, make sure you are going to Thin Man. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday. Hope everybody has a great start to their week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.